0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras
1: and Jim Toth on six eighty CJOB.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you have to be ready for anything. Um, it's a long season. There's going to be ups and downs, injuries, different things that that happen. And, um, you know, you have to prepare for for any role. So, um, yeah, I'm, you know, whatever's asked of me, I'm I'm ready to do, and uh, hopefully. Uh, you know, keep finding ways to, to help the team win. Yeah, I think uh, there is an adjustment obviously with the with the minutes. I, I, I think, you know, playing with those guys, um, yeah, I, I don't try and change too much. I, I you know, I, I try and make plays regardless of who I'm playing with and try and create offense. So uh, I think it's obviously helpful playing with, with guys like that. But, um, yeah, I just got to m- make sure that uh, I'm, you know, pushing my legs. Um, you know, <laughs> skating with them, creating opportunities for them, and um, you know, just playing my game. I, I don't think uh, I've changed too much. That
1: was Sam Gagne. According to the line rushes from practice, which got going at eleven o'clock. Um, still waiting to get the audio uh, from a Rick Bonus and to really confirm the news that it seems that we already all know here. Um, but uh, Kelly's sending us this information here earlier today, uh, Casey. Scheifley and Gagne on a line. We saw this yesterday as well. Go through the line, the lines as well. Uh, Perfetti, PLD, and Wheeler. Um, Axel Janssen, Fjallaby, Adam Lowry, and Mikey Essamont on the third line. Uh, Toninato, Gustafsson, and Menelinen on the fourth. Harkins uh, shifting in and out on the defensive side. Sam, uh, Samberg with DeMello. DeMello was back out there. Uh, Dylan and Schmidt, Morrissey and Pionk and, and Capo Bianco. Ehlers uh, did skate earlier today on his own. So that, that's a positive there. But uh, comments there by, by Sam Gagne to open up the show. He's going to be in a line with with with, with Scheifele and KC. Uh, Kelly texted us this yesterday, which uh, kind of – uh, set the stage for the news that we that has been reported uh, later on uh, later today um, about uh, Mason Appleton's injury, not insignificant. And then Scott Billick with the Winnipeg Sun breaking the news um, as follows: Here, I'm hearing that the upper body injury that Mason Appleton sustained in Winnipeg's three two OT win in Seattle on Sunday is going to keep him out for quite a while. Sounds like he will need surgery, which he will have today. Told he will be out for at least eight weeks, Jim.
0: Well, happy Wednesday. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, You know, we talked about this yesterday and we said we got to get some uh, timelines here to see what or if the Jets might do. So now you have Morgan Barron out, I believe, for another month, at least three weeks. Uh, You now have Mason Appleton out for two to three months. And you have Nick Ehlers, I would just guesstimate at least a week and a half, two yeah. weeks away.
1: Mitchell Clinton, the reporter with WinnipegJets.com, just tweeting out, uh, Rick Bonus said that Mason Appleton had surgery and will miss anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks. So the next uh, two, two to three months. Two to three months. So yeah. basically, you are most likely,
0: without Ehlers, Barron, and Appleton, for a minimum of two weeks... But the other two, other than Ehlers, it's at least another month. And for one of them, it's two to three months. Yeah. So yeah. now begs the question of, do you stand, Pat? Do you fill it with your Mikey Esimon Is it Easymont or Esimon? I think it's Esimon. Yeah. I think it's Isimon. So now the debate is on between you and I. <laughs>
1: Kelly's gonna call. He'll they'll, they'll text us.
0: They'll be a Tim Hortons yeah. going one your direction or mine over this. <laughs> so we'll find out. But
1: I don't like that Tim Hortons. <laughs> I like my Tim Hortons.
0: Um, um I and you know, the texter yesterday mentioned Christian Reichel, but uh, you know, Gagne goes up. That that again goes back to what we discussed all offseason since Sam Gagne has been signed in training camp. I don't have a problem with Gagne going up there. And yeah. for everybody who asked and, and raised an eyebrow about Appleton going up there instead of Gagne, I thought, well, you know, Gagne is going to add and make the, the bottom six better. And then when Appleton, you know, did fairly well, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, in the top six and he goes down, then Gagne is the guy that goes up. Um, you're, you're bringing in Dominic Totonato and, and Esimont or Isimont. Uh, we'll go Esimont for today. Um, and find out for sure and correct it. <laughs> I'm but, gonna
1: text. I'm gonna text Daniel Fink right now.
0: And then you have you know Harkins rotating in. I, maybe we go down this route. What have you been? What are your thoughts of Jansen Harkins' time with the Jets so far? Um, first two I, games, I thought he looked good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a reason why he's not with Axel Janssen Fiala. and he's the guy that's sort of the 13th man here just kelly kelly moore just texted us here as well uh just uh uh, announced of course just backing up appleton out eight to 12 weeks uh uh, wrist surgery um and uh it looks like there's going to be some movement on the on the pk as well here so i mean i i don't like i i i certainly didn't hate harkins's game i didn't hate his game at all but I, i i think that Moving forward here, I mean, and, and you brought this point up to, to us yesterday, Jim, or just earlier today when we were talking about heading into the show here. There's a real brutal schedule happening up here for the Winnipeg Jets, 20 games in 37 days. It's, it's not outlandish to think that there's going to be more injuries that the Jets are going to undergo over that time. Is this a, is this a good time to move to move depth, particularly on the blue line?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, good, it, it yeah. depends who it is. And, and that's always the debate yeah. if a move is made or a trade. But so the news today out of Montreal is Johnny Kovacevic has been told to go find an apartment. He's made the National Hockey League with the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, good for him. It, it's, it's a long road. It's a great story. Happy for him. Um, they have Vili Hainola here, who I think is ready if a defenseman goes down. But Logan Stanley's already out. If another D-man goes down, yeah. your depth is kind of gone. It's kind of a balance of do you do you believe more in your depth in your forward core mm-hmm. with the Manitoba Moose or your yeah. D-core? And then, of course, the question is what's available out there. So, again, I think your line is in the water and you're trolling. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, there's a rainbow trout out there that's about 30 pounds. But if not... Yeah, beautiful,
1: too. Um, See
0: that spot, that spot? Oh, yeah. That the glistening. Oh, the glistening. Gorgeous, of, yeah. The scales is what I like in the rainbow trout. But um, <laughs> if, you, if there's something out there. But yeah. so, like, that's the, the question here is what do you do? So I think you look. I think you have your conversations. Yeah. And then you either stand pat or you don't. But th- that's a long period of time to go without three guys, two of your top six.
1: It's a really long time, and I I don't blame fans for going okay. We got to start. I mean, we've there's been constantly. I mean, we were talking in the offseason about this, Jim, about the Winnipeg Jets having depth. There might be a move there on the on the blue line. The Winnipeg Jets were uh, pretty adamant, according to reports, saying they weren't going to make a move unless they felt like it was going to improve the team. So I I don't I don't I don't um, I mean I look at this and say, and you're you're right, Jim. It, Only if the right move is available. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets' depth is going to be tested at wing right now. I mean, Ehlers is out there skating early on his own. How long is it going to take for him to get back into lineup? Because if he's back, is it going to be another week? Could it be longer? I I don't know, Jim. But as soon as – basically up to his timeline. But how long do you let it go? Like if there's a clear issue on wing, do you wait five games before you make a move? Or do you say, like, listen, I'm going to see – that this is worth an experiment right now. We trust our depth. We trust how the Manitoba Moose prepares these guys to step into these sort of roles, and we're going to hold back for a bit. Yeah. Um I mean, I, 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 knowing the Winnipeg Jets and how cautious they are, I'm 100% in the camp that that is going to be the real first look here. And it will be, they're going to wait to see how the depth is sort of tested here before making a move.
0: And, you know, the analytics community isn't going to like this, but Capo Bianco got into one game and looked
1: good. Yeah, he did. Chicago, I know what his yeah. career
0: numbers are. I know what his analytics are. But when, you know, uh, he looked good in the one game. What would he look like if he had to do 12 in a row? I don't know. But. We can just go off his resume. And then uh, Janssen Fallaby, what a pickup that was. Like, where would this team be right now if they didn't make that move off the waiver wire?
1: That was so smart. He's moving up to the first line, uh, uh, to the first unit PK uh, with Adam Lowry there as well. So, just to, yeah. So,
0: and Menelainen too, like, we can't forget about him and what a find. He was at 28 years old to come back from Europe and, and have one last kick of the can. But they definitely don't have you know, the, the injury bugs hit him. And you never know which teams it's going to be and who and what. Um, but, look, the other part is is if, like, Eler skated today on his own. So that's usually two more days of that, two to three. They might shock you after a morning skate tomorrow and maybe, you know, Friday he gets in. But I, I think you're looking at maybe a morning skate Saturday before the Penguins game where he's on the ice in a non-contact. But you got to get – you're on the ice – and you do that, and then you got to get on the ice with the team in a non-contact, and then you got to get on the ice yeah. with the team in in a full contact, and then you know after a couple of those, you get back in the lineup. Now, I'm not saying that's verbatim for every player, but I think it's another week and a half to two weeks before Nick Ehlers comes back. Give or take a couple of days. So, I mean, look at the lineup: Shifley with Connor and Gagne, Dubois, Perfetti, and Wheeler. Um, Lowry with uh, Fialbi and Esamond, and then Tornado, Gustafson, Menalainen, or Harkins going in on the mm-hmm. fourth line. Are you comfortable with that over the next two weeks with a game every second day? You might have to be, and yeah. I don't know. But the other problem is, Cam, you know, maybe we're panicking here that yeah. you try it, you know, you beat Anaheim tomorrow, you get a point or beat Pittsburgh on Saturday, and it's it looks okay for a week or two.
1: Yeah, it's, it's worth a look. It's worth an experiment. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets have had a really good start to the year, 9-4-1 over their first, uh, you know, 14 games here. They've given themselves a good spot, and they've made the most of what I would – I wouldn't call it a relaxed schedule, but a slower schedule to kind of come out of the gate here before things are going to ramp up heading into Christmas. And the, the thing is, Jim, and, and if if it comes to the point where – and we might totally be 100%. I, I think the Jets should stay pat for a little bit here and see where things go before they make a move. But if it comes to the point where we're halfway through December here and it's like, man, you know, Ehlers has come back, he's he's not adjusted, you know, we're missing Appleton, Barron's out, uh, there's an issue on the right side, there's going to be a team out there that's, that needs a D-man right now. And if the Winnipeg Jets do feel like they have depth on D, I'm not sure that they do right now considering how things could play out over the next little bit here and, and how much their depth could be tested. But I'm also thinking at the same time if the trade it needs to be looked at. There's guys that are going to be ready to tangle with them yeah. that are going to be ready to tango because every there's going to be I, I can name a bunch of teams that need demon right now.
0: And I want to emphasize something here, and it, it just re- reminded me when we got this text. I think Axel Rose, which is what they call Axel Johnson, Caldeon, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, but they think he should
0: take Appleton spot. I I caution against this. I think one of the reasons this team is nine four and one is its depth and its versatility throughout the entire lineup. I think for too long. They haven't had the Gagnes in the bottom and the the quote unquote Axel Roses <laughs> in the <laughs> bot in the bottom six. I think those two players balance it out nicely. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why there's a lot of less ice time on the top six and why they're nine, four, and one. I do not think it's a good idea if you can have a Gagne move up to mess too much with the bottom six. I think you have your Harkins and your Totonato who who do what they do and can go in on that fourth line. I think that you know bonus might have to ride that the the top three lines a little bit more than the even on um, minutes we've been seeing throughout yeah. the start of the season, but I just look I I heart I I full heartedly believe one of the reasons are they're, they're nine four and one is the depth throughout the four forward lines, and to just sort of move every good player up off of that into the top six. I, I don't think that's a good idea. I, I think if you can get by a couple of games with with keeping the, the, the players like Axel in the bottom six, I think you should do that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that 100%, Jim. Let's take a break. We'll head off to the, the 1230 news. We'll check your Boston Pizza Sports desk as well. Uh, got lots to get to following the news with, with Sarah McCarthy, Sarah Orleski, the other Sarah, Sarah 2.0, she'll be joining us. Uh, <laughs> talk about the Jets Gala last night. Look ahead to tomorrow's Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame night where uh, Timo Solani and Newmanin, uh, um uh will be enshrined in the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. And Derek Taylor's going to join us real quick. We'll do a little quick Grey Cup update live from Regina as the whole world stares um, at uh, the ankle of Zach Caleros. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. probably a
2: lot of people's, uh, you know, fondest memories of the Jets, uh, either, you know, either version. So, um, you know, he was here a short time, but, I mean, he made a huge impact and had one of the greatest seasons in the history of the league. Uh, you know, in this city, we're, we're in our uniform. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's a legend and, you know, even... Uh, you know, even even Louis, uh, my son. You know, his uh, his card collection. The cover of it's Timu. You know, doing the the famous celebration. So I told I told him that l- last night too, and um, you know, so that was pretty cool to to share that with him.
1: Well, That's uh, Blake Wheeler there talking about Timu Solani, uh, sharing uh, sharing the fact that his uh, his son's uh, hockey card collection's got the cover. Of uh, Timu Solani doing his, uh, his his gun salute there, so not so weird, eh, Jim Toth? That my uh, teddy bear's name was uh, Timu as well.
0: Yeah, I, uh, that that was when I was two years old. You know what was funny about that is I, I made the <laughs> joke that that's kind of creepy, and Timu just went. He goes, oh. you know, it was an honor that people are naming their kids and their pets and their toys <laughs> after me. Like he's just so down to earth. Yeah, eh? like well, he's just like yeah. That could be creepy, or it's an honor. Or
1: it's. An, I could take it either way. Anyways, yeah. um, all about that, and Winnipeg Jets gala night yesterday, special guests, of course, team with Solani and Temple Newman, and uh, they'll be enshrined in the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame tomorrow as the Jets take on the Ducks. To talk about it, I'm joined here by senior host and producer for the Winnipeg Jets, Sarah Leski, who hosted a hot stove with the pair yesterday. Uh, hello, Sarah. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to, ch- to chatting with you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, uh, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets uh, Gala. For the True North Youth Foundation uh, was last night. Tell me about it.
3: Oh, it was a great night. I mean, the, the gala. This was in its tenth year, but the first time since 2019 that it was able to be back in person after a couple of years of having to do it virtually. And it's always such a wonderful night and for such a great cause. Uh, as raising funds for the True North Youth Foundation, which does so much great work throughout not just the city of Winnipeg and surrounding communities, but really throughout the province as well. And then, of course, it was also an opportunity to continue to honour and, and highlight Tamo Solani and Tepo Numenen, who are going into the Jets Hall of Fame, the latest inductees, which will happen on Thursday before the Jets game against the Anaheim Ducks. So, It was a great night. I think everyone loved being back there. And then when you have two players that were so synonymous with the 90s era, the Winnipeg Jets meant so much to this community to be able to have them present. I think many people that were teenagers or that were kids growing up in in that time period of that 93, 94 sort of era, Mm -hmm. everybody reverted back to their teenage days yesterday and couldn't wait to be able to speak to those two and... You know, or have pictures taken, so I think it was a really special night,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, what was it like sitting down with both of them?
3: It was great, and I love listening to their stories we've had the opportunity you know we did a hot stove last night. I actually have another event coming up with them today, and then, um, if I can have a chance to promote the fact that we have an interview coming up with the two of them that we did beforehand, that just gives you an idea of not only their appreciation for the city but also when they tell stories and they're such great storytellers i think so many people know that about tamu from having listened to him over the years but teppo as well you know is, is engaging he's incredibly funny which was something that i don't know if necessarily he gets enough credit for but it was something that former teammates or craig heisinger gave me the heads up on as well and so being able to listen to them recount some of those years back here and and what they went through and what they uh what their relationship is like with the city and with their teammates from that time was was a great time and uh, hopefully when um, when the interview comes out in the following days that a lot of people will be able to check it out and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. What I liked about we, we had uh, and, and Jim and I both had Tempo Newman and, and, and Timu Selenia on the, on the show a couple weeks back. And what I liked the, the most from the, those two inter, inter, interactions was when they were first roommates, when they, when they first came to Winnipeg or when Timu first came to Winnipeg and Teppo was already here and sort of the stories that they talked about, about being roommates and stuff. I mean, there it was like, um, you know, it's, it's the playful ribbing. It's it's something, you know, beyond friendship. It's it's more of like a, a, a you know, a brotherly thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brotherhood,
3: yeah. And, that's, and I think that that's the way that Teemu would describe it. And I love that. So he is, and, you know, whether it's in recent interviews or when Temo was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame back in 2017, he credited Teemu in those early days in particular because, Said it was Teppo that kept him on time because he had no idea half the time where they were going. They'd be on the plane sometimes, and you have to think back then they flew commercial, and he, mm-hmm. he would look at Teppo and go, "Where are we going?" <laughs> 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 so I, so I was joking with him. I said, "You know, you've gone on to have this hockey hall of fame career." I said. you tempo i said well, who knows what would have happened had he not been here <laughs> and so he said, you might never have made it to practice so um <laughs> just the it is the playful ribbing that goes back and forth and you can tell the the friendship obviously that um has endured and just continued to grow in that brotherhood as i as i described it and as they described it to me uh between the two of them as something really special so it means a lot to them not only that they would be recognized by the Jets to be included in the Hall of Fame, but the opportunity to go in together makes it that much more special for them.
1: How does this transition into tomorrow night's game with the Ducks in town, and uh, both of them get to be enshrined into the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame?
3: Well, I think that what we've seen from previous Hall of Fame inductions, that ceremony is always so special to be able to see the players come out onto the ice and the acknowledgement from the fans, and I think that even more so the excitement surrounding this Induction and, and not taking away any other, but you think about how special it was when Dale Howarchuk, um was brought out in the ovation that he got. And I think that, I mean, obviously we're going to see something very similar on Thursday. But to be able to be recognized, and, and Tamo had that opportunity in 2011, if you remember when he came back, mm-hmm. I it was, to me, as much as that first game against the Montreal Canadiens was was so special, obviously, being the first game back. It was that game where Anna came back that truly, at the time, I remember getting a little bit choked up just because you knew how much his relationship meant to people in this city and and for the chance to, and how hurt he was when he was traded. And and so for him to be able to receive that acknowledgement from the fans meant so much to him back then. And for the opportunity for people to, you know pay tribute to him again and credit him but as well Teppo who was so underrated in his time yes. who was just this and what struck me so much was that I've reached out to a number of former teammates of theirs I spoke to John Paddock who had coached them in those um early years and I asked and so I wanted to know you know a little bit more about them because it's so easy to obviously be able to just look at the statistics and and see the impact that they made, but it was the way that they spoke. About, everyone spoke about Teppo that was just it. It was this glowing, um, these glowing comments about him. Not just for his ability on the ice, and they all spoke about his consistency, how underrated he was. Keith Kachuk said he feels he's probably the most underrated player that Keith ever played with, and to be able to listen to so many different players um, of different ilk's or Coaches all speak about him the same way. I think it was just it really resonated with me, and I think that the opportunity for him to experience the recognition from Jets fans and how much he's appreciated in this city to this day. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be truly tremendous tomorrow. Again, the, the ceremony is taking place before they host the Ducks.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to be in the stands really, really looking forward to it. And I was at that first game when uh, Timo Solani came back with the Ducks. My my dad got into some season tickets, and he those are the ones he grabbed the four for him and his boys. So that was a real special memory I'll always have. Uh, Sarah Oletsky, senior host and producer uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Sarah, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it, and, and take care, okay?
3: Always look forward to speaking with you again soon.
1: In the pregame, of course, for the game uh, tomorrow, Jets and Ducks. Uh, pregame show gets going on here with Kelly Moore and company at 5 o'clock, puck drop at 7. Now we transition to the ice, Jim Toth, uh, to the gridiron. And Derek Taylor, voice of the Bombers, uh, joining us right now. Hey, Derek, how you doing?
4: Oh, oh, I'm, I'm not able to work my slider, apparently, but I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm excited to be the gridiron. Slider? Are you curling? Yeah. <laughs> No, my on the app that connects me to you guys and makes me sound <laughs> you you know, got, better than I normally do. Yeah, you
1: you uh, you got bigger fish to fry, Derek. Don't worry about that slider. Practice today. <laughs> at, practice today at two o'clock. DT. Um, how many people are there just to stare at Claros's ankles for the entire practice?
4: Oh, there's going to be about fifteen of us in the media, you know magnify, you know uh, binoculars, magnifying glasses whatever whatever might be able to, to help us do anything. Uh, I'm curious to see what we will get to see. The story is that the Argos didn't do a real pra- like a full practice. They just did a walkthrough today. So if, if the Bombers choose to do a walkthrough, we're not going to get a chance to see kolaros and how that ankle responds. That's, I mean, that's been the thing since the beginning of the 21 season, right? Is, well, if, if kolaros is healthy, things are going to go great. If kolaros is not healthy heaven help us, we're going to be holding on for dear life. So uh, we will be watching very, very intently and all doing. We'll all have our kinesiology degrees by that time, I guess, they to try to figure out how feet should work and is this flexion or dorsiflexion as good as it should be? But yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. I always enjoy this.
0: We might not need to ask this question after today's practice, so I want to ask you to it before practice. Uh, um, let's say it, it is worst-case scenario. Are you confident or what is your feeling on the Bombers winning this game on Sunday without Zach Claros playing, if that were to uh, be the case.
4: Yeah, um, let's just let's do it in terms of, of the betting line. I've seen Winnipeg as a six-point favorite in this one. To me, if Clarice can't play and they go to Drew Brown, uh, it, it immediately, honestly, my mind becomes a coin flip. I think Calaris is is worth a ton of points to an offense. He's been the best player in the CFL this season, the best quarterback in the Canadian Football League. He's he's thrown touchdowns, you know, at the sixth best rate of any single season ever in the Canadian Football League. He's been phenomenal. When plays break down, there's nobody better than Zach. When when uh, you need some yards on second down, uh, hey, Dalton, hey, Greg Ellingson, hey, Nick Dembski, hey, Rasheed Bailey, there's no one I think Bauer fans would rather have than, than Zach Kolaris. So uh, to me, it becomes more of a pick em. Maybe Toronto's the favorite because... Uh, we haven't re- we've seen Drew Brown play a full game, right? We the 17th game in BC, but it wasn't a full roster. So we don't 100% know where he's at. You take that, you mix in week 1 and when he came in for three plays needing to drive against Ottawa and you go, "Okay, I think Drew has something, but Kolaris is something special."
1: Andrew Harris, I mean, he, he's going to be well enough to play very likely, but I mean, I, I have to wonder too, Derek, I mean, that's another big storyline heading into this game. How healthy actually is Andrew Harris? It's probably another question you probably can't answer here, but um, he's certainly going to be uh, something the Winnipeg Jets, are, I mean, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to have to follow.
4: Yeah, absolutely, because Harris Harris, it provides them a different kind of weapon, right? Yeah. Their normal running back, the Argos normal running back for the season, A.J. Willette, is this hard-charging, long hair flowing in the wind, you feel like he would, he would. if you told him to run through a concrete wall, it would take him a couple of tries, but he would absolutely do it. He just runs that violently. Harris, I mean, is a guy who gets yards after contact with the strength, but often through his craft as well. And he's a tremendous catcher of the football. And he's unbelievable in pass protection. He, he provides a, a lot more in a different running dimension to them. Um, if he played last week, you got to believe he plays this week. And whatever degree that torn pectoral muscle limits him, uh, he, he's a guy that, I mean, as Bomber fans, we know he's going to give you a hundred percent and then he's, he's not going to leave anything uh, out there on the field, especially in a chance for him to win a third straight Grey cup.
0: No one is talking so far about McLeod Bethel Thompson. Um, the only thing I've seen sort of discussed was he had an implosion or two on the sidelines last week, which is not unfamiliar to him. Uh, How much of a key could he be in this game and and the season he's had?
4: I I asked Zach Kolaris that because I've been back and forth on McLeod Bethel-Thompson for some time. I I have too. Me too.
0: I'm always like, at some (laughs) points, I think he's going to be out of the league. And then the next week, I think this guy could be an all-star.
4: Absolutely. Like, Is he the third best quarterback or is he the ninth best quarterback? So I asked Zach about this once because they they were together uh, briefly. And he said, Zach said, that guy's got the best arm I've ever seen in my life. And you go, okay, yeah, that does express itself on the field. Like he can absolutely make some throws, but then he, he that offense just absolutely grinds to a halt. Where a few weeks ago they lost twenty nine to two to Calgary. And I know Calgary's good, but two points from the best team in the East, really? Can we are we allowed to? Can we take away the word best when you put up only two points in a game? Uh, so this is how I describe Thompson. Like he he's a guy who has a has a high ceiling and can have three 350 yard performances but to me he has a very low floor as well like he could have some absolute stinkers um it, it may be different than the stinkers that dane evans had in the two great cups against the the bombers uh but uh he can absolutely he can be awful so i, I think what votes well for him in this one is brandon banks was fantastic in that eastern final last week he caught everything and made some tremendously difficult catches Tavares Daniels, who's had struggle in spots, was nice. Marquise Ambles is a real good player. He's got weapons to uh, to work with, both passing and running. So, yeah, but McLeod, honestly, this game probably goes a fair way. If he plays out of his mind, we're going to have a different take on him going into 2023, and if he's Dane Evans level, we're going to be Oh, yeah, he is more the, the eighth best guy than I thought
1: he was. Derek Taylor, voice of the Bombers, live from Regina. We'll be hearing him all throughout the week leading up to the big game on uh, on, on Sunday, of course. Great Cup programming all over here on 680 CGOB. We'll be hosting a two-hour special Saturday afternoon show from 2 until 4, setting up Great Cup Sunday, where we'll be holding a two-hour pregame show from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live from Regina, teeing up the big game on 680 CGOB, which gets going at 5 o'clock, followed by our very own 680 CGOB post game show. Derek, have fun, man. Thank you. appreciate it. Thanks, CT. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.